the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Verse 12, and after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, Abiud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands is back in the book of Matthew on this edition of Study Verse by Verse. We're wrapping up the week in the first chapter of Matthew. He's talking about Advent. What does Advent mean? And how important are the genealogies of Christ that begin the book of Matthew? Well, with answers to those questions and others, here's Pastor Leighton. It was Judah who represented that generation. And scholars believe that it was Judah was chosen because in Jacob's blessing upon Judah, he was blessing all of the sons, but his blessing upon Judah, he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. The scepter was something that only a king had. And so what he was saying here is that kings are going to come from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus was a descendant of the tribe of Judah, as was King David. Verse 3, and Judah the father of Perez and, Tamar, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. But, you know, there's an interesting sidelight that, that appears in this verse. One might expect that a genealogy might avoid mention of less reputable ancestors. It says here that Judah's sons were born by Tamar. Now, there's a story is told in Genesis chapter 38, and it, it's a story of evil. Because uh, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, but he wasn't married to their mother, Tamar. Uh, He was actually the father-in-law of Tamar. So it was an incestuous situation that was described in Genesis 38. It's interesting that in this genealogy, she's not the only one mentioned. There's actually four women that are mentioned. And so it's obvious that Matthew here is communicating more than just mere historical data. There's something he wants us to capture as we read through this genealogy of the history of Jesus Christ's ancestors. You know, we might have expected him to include Sarah and Rebekah, the wives of Abraham and Isaac, but he chose Tamar, of all people, who seduced her father-in-law, Rahab, the prostitute, uh, Ruth, the Moabite, and Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, who would be considered a Hittite, basically All of these women that were chosen had less than sterling uh, examples in their lifestyle, and all were not of Jewish descent, but rather Gentile descent. And yet this was the line that God chose to bring his son into. These were normal people, sometimes caught up in their own sins and all in need of God's grace and mercy. And what it's telling us here in the genealogy is that God sent Jesus to be the Savior of all whether Jew or Gentile, whether man or woman. And, and some of them are pretty good and some are, are evil, but God's plan for salvation is never going to be thwarted. 
Verse 4 says, And Ram, the father of Abinadab, and Abinadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Remember the story of Rahab? Uh, the spies from Israel came into Jericho, and Rahab was a prostitute who had an inn that was in the wall, and so she protected those spies because she had put her faith in the God of Israel. And at great personal risk, she protected the spies. She got the spies safely home. And when the Israelites came back to take the city, they saved her and her family. And she is one of the ancestors of Christ Jesus. In fact, Rahab is included in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. And she is the only Gentile that is mentioned there by name. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, again, this is one of those um, situations where we're passing over several generations. And Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. David, the king, when he mentioned the king, he reminded their Jewish audience of the glorious reign of King David, the promises that were made by God to David. And those promises included that of the Messiah, the Savior, that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The story is found in First and Second Samuel. In fact, if you want, you can read through these stories in the Old Testament. Most are found in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. That story is found in Second Samuel chapter eleven. Remember the story that David uh, took Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, and then she was found with child. And in order to cover up or attempt to cover up his sin, uh, he tried to bring. Uh, the husband home. The husband uh, was a faithful warrior, and, and uh, so he ended up having the, the husband killed in order he could take Bathsheba for himself. And uh, God was very displeased with that decision, of course, and the first child died. But the next one to be born was Solomon, who became the successor to David's throne. And it was during Solomon's reign that it was considered the golden age of the nation. He was given uh, wisdom from God that was known worldwide. He wrote many of the Proverbs that are found in the book of Proverbs, and he wrote the book of Ecclesiastics and Song of Solomon. His story is found in First Kings and Second uh, Chronicles. Verse 7, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. So at the end of Solomon's reign, Rehoboam uh, was his successor, but he was... Um, He accepted some advice that was not good, and it created the split between the northern tribes and the southern tribes. The northern ten tribes were known as Israel. The southern two tribes were known as Judah. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah is a sad story because this is a a king who started well. He was blessed, and because he was blessed, he started getting proud about it. He got arrogant about it. He got puffed up about it. And in his arrogance, he made the mistake of going into the temple to offer worship to God in a fashion that was not acceptable for a king, but was only for a priest. And as a result of him stepping outside of his God-given parameters as a king, he was given leprosy, and he ended up spending the rest of his life in seclusion. What it says is that a king has limits and should never pass those limits. A priest has limits as well, and so forth. We all have limits given to us by God. And Isaiah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Ahaz was one of the evil kings, 
But Hezekiah didn't follow his father's example. In fact, Hezekiah, according to Second uh, Kings 18, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him in all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He fell fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him here. So you had good king following a bad king. In fact, if you read through the history, it's bad, good, bad, bad, good, good, bad, bad, bad. That's all over the place. And Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. The northern ten tribes were taken into captivity by Assyria in 722 B.C., and they were never returned. The southern tribe of Judah was taken into captivity by Babylon in 586, but was given the opportunity to return years later. Daniel and his compatriots were taken and wrote a book in the Old Testament. He was one of those that was taken into Babylonian captivity. Verse 12, and after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, Abiud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And so the family line was traced through Joseph, who is described as the husband of Mary. And he's, note, he's not described as the father of Jesus. Because Mary was a virgin when she became pregnant. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But under that law, then Jesus became an adopted child of Joseph. And it was through that process that he became uh, a rightful heir to the throne of King David. And then verse 17 says, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. And so Matthew here uh, breaks Israel's history into three sets of 14 generations. And as I mentioned before, sometimes these genealogies were compressed. They would bypass uh, multiple generations and... Uh, But by providing this, uh, he provides his Jewish audience with a documented genealogical record of Jesus' ancestry so they could see for themselves that he was indeed fulfilling the requirements for God's provided Messiah. So in these first 17 verses, we meet 46 people whose lifespan uh, crossed 2,000 years. And all of them were ancestors of Jesus, but they varied considerably in terms of their personality, spirituality, and and experience. Some of them were heroes of the faith, like Abraham, Isaac, Ruth, and David. Some had rather shady reputations, like Rahab and Tamar. Some were very ordinary, like Hezron, Ram, Nishan, and Akim. And some were flat-out evil, like Manasseh and Abijah. God's work in history isn't limited by human frailties and failures and sin. God chose these people to be the ancestors of Jesus, ordinary people. And if he can choose ordinary people as the ancestors, then he can choose ordinary people like you and me to receive the benefit of Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. God uses all kinds of people to accomplish his will. You notice that they brought him to 14 generations. The first generation ended on a high point, King David. The second uh, group of 14 ended on a low point, Babylon, the captivity, slavery. And then it finished with Christ Jesus on a high point. It started on a high, low, high. When you read through the Bible, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It started high. God created everything was perfect. 
And then sin entered this world in slavery to sin. And we were all destined for death. But because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to enjoy God for all eternity. It ends on a high point. Started high, went low, and, and ended high. You know, one of the things that I find when I read through the scripture is the Bible is very clear about the failures of saints. And I am encouraged by that because if God can use them, he can use me and he can use us if we let him. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We want to know more about you, but even more importantly, Lord, we want to know you more. As we study this gospel, Lord, we ask you to reveal yourself to us and in us. This we pray in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen, indeed. And Pastor Leighton Sheely will come back on Monday with more from the book of Matthew. I'm Mike Trout. He's in a study in the book of Matthew dealing with those verses that focus our attention on the Advent season. If you've missed any of these messages, you can find them on the website highlands.us. Plus, you can find information about the service times for the church over the weekend. The services begin on Saturday evening then continue through Sunday morning and Sunday evening, plus directions to the campus. That's highlands.us. And we'd love to know that you're tuning in. You can share that fact with us when you click on the contact link on the homepage. Have a great weekend, and join us again on Monday when we'll once more open the Word of God to the book of Matthew and study verse by verse.